Hey again, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. And And we're joined by John Garcia today, I think, as a surprise guest. John Garcia, how you doing? Hey, that's me. How we doing, fellas? Oh, doing great, man. John Garcia, of course, now with Sports Illustrated, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, finally official. It's been working on this for a few weeks, but uh, really happy to be able to go public with it and start uh, getting back to work, at least publicly. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. Uh, and your first big story uh, was about Bryce Young being on the Sports Illustrated All-American team. So I, I guess he's – was he the first player y'all announced? So, yeah, he's the first ever – Sports Illustrated All-American, so kind of a cool uh, thing that he'll always have. Uh, this this All-American team that we're going to do uh, of the senior class is just 25 guys, so it's not first team, second team, all that. Uh, it's one quarterback, and it's Bryce Young. So we really wanted to start kind of at the top and, and where we should start, at, at the most controversial position, the most polarizing position, and the most important one, quarterback. And, and we thought that um, even though it wasn't a no-brainer, that uh, he, he's the, the class of this class, and uh, he absolutely deserved to be our guy, our, our first first round pick, if you will. And um, I think on and off the field, he's he's tough to miss on. I think. Uh, John, yeah, I, could, I do I this. Could not be, yeah, I could not be higher on Bryce. I could not be higher on Bryce Young as, as a prospect. I would say that whether he's he's uh, signing with Alabama or signing with Montana. I mean, I I, I could not be higher on him, but. But my only concern is when, when, when you have an honor that size or that prestigious each year, Sports Illustrated does a uh, where are they now issue. And uh, I hope 25 <laughs> years from now we're not reading a uh, our first ever quarterback, uh, Bryce Young. Remember him, Alabama? He's a he's a pastry chef in Canada, uh, you know, and uh, never played football after two years of sitting on the bench at Alabama. No, I'm, I'm sure I won't be reading that based on what, what I see on tape, but uh, yeah, just really excited to have, uh, to have Bryce Young at Alabama uh, next semester, which is fun to say. Yeah. And that was something that wasn't a guarantee, um, you know, modern days of private school. So they don't do the, the scheduling that allows you to graduate early, but um, nowadays online classes, there's other things you can do to supplement and Bryce, went to a different high school uh, his first two years. So he was able to kind of get ahead uh, and it all worked out. But there was there was a point about a month ago where that was not a guarantee. So that was a big deal for both Alabama and Bryce Young. And I'll tell you what, you know, sitting with him the last couple of days with literal red carpet cameras, interviews, celebrities, um, this kid is the same every moment of the day. Um, and as a quarterback, that's what you want. His personality doesn't change. I mean, talking to Shaq or talking to me or talking to the cab driver or the person giving him the New York slice of pizza that he wanted, um, he was the same. And that's and that's really cool. Uh, that's just something that, you know, you don't really know until you sit down with somebody. Uh, we I've interviewed him a few times, but, it, you know, it's an interview, so you just expect it to be kind of cut and dry. But when you spend several hours with someone, you really get a sense of who they are that kid's personality did not change no matter who he was talking to, no matter what he was talking about. He attacked a question about, you know, Twitter versus Instagram the same way as, as he attacked, you know, Alabama versus USC. Um, so really cool to see the continuity there. Uh, and you see it on the field. I mean, he's, he's the same every day, and that's why he's 
so consistent and productive and, and for us, the best quarterback in the country. Ah, man, you know, I, I get uh, asked myself, and I'm sure you get asked more, more than I do, John, uh, to compare at the same stage Bryce to Tua. Uh, do you see that as, as a fair comparison, or do you see that as uh, they're similar in terms of the package that you're getting? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think physically, you know, Tua was, was bigger. His arm has always been this this effortless, you know, poetry, if you will. Um, and Bryce Bryce has a quick release like Tua. Um, I don't know if it's as effortless. I think he has to put a little more into it, uh, if that makes sense. But, you know, similarities, how they deal with people, I think, uh, is – fascinatingly similar um of course Tua did it with 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 his own unique style but he was always consistent the Tua you see today is the Tua we met at at 16 17 um and we just mentioned with Bryce I mean he is super consistent and I think those those qualities at that position are are just something that you cannot overstate so the consistency with those two with with pretty much the biggest spotlight you can have in high school with Tua being an Elite 11 champion and, and Bryce being, you know, in New York with, with Shaq and Megan Rapino and, and all these people, War Dunn was there, um, you, you really get a sense of who a kid is. And, and those two were as consistent um, as they were the first time you talked to them when they had, you know, a couple of offers and, and looked like they could maybe be a guy. Uh, so the consistency is similar. Um, Skill set-wise, I think Tua's arm was ahead. But I also think, conversely, Bryce Young does more – in his offense, pre-snap, adjusting, uh, sliding the protection, the offensive line, changing plays. He called more than half of modern day's offensive snaps this year. So wow. I, I think just cerebral-wise, I do think Bryce is ahead of Tua at the same stage. Um, obviously, it's a different situation, but um, he's extremely linked in with Steve Sarkeesian, and that system is very similar to what they did at modern day which is a big reason why he picked Alabama. So I do think that the potential for him to, to jump right into it, at least, you know, X's and O's wise is, is as good or better than two at the same stage. And uh, Bryce uh, is uh, more at the, for, for those who, that haven't watched the tape and haven't seen a lot of Bryce Young, Bryce is a lot more athletic than Tua, which is saying a lot because Tua's a pretty athletic kid, but, but Bryce Young is, is, is more athletic in terms of speed and quickness in his feet. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. His, yeah, his quiz zero to 60 quickness, stop, start, and then stop again because you're a quarterback and guys are flying at you, is really great. Uh, he can extend the plays with, with the thought of throwing the football as well as, as really any high school quarterback we've seen. He can take off and run, but he doesn't want to. Um, just think of kind of like Aaron Rodgers maybe where, where he is extremely athletic, but he wants to do it horizontally. Uh, so that he can give his guys that much more time to get open. And, and in a phone booth, one-on-one, uh, his quickness is going to outweigh that of the defender. And, and he's able to do that and still, you know, have a quick trigger and make a play down the football field. He's got the, the multiple arm angle thing as well that, that every not six-five quarterback needs to have. Uh, he's got that going for him. So he's, he's really worked at it. Uh, and like I said, I think that all goes into – kind of the mental with Bryce Young. Um, he's, he's there. He is there mentally um, as well as, as any Alabama quarterback I've scouted in, in almost 10 years of doing this. 
Uh, John, would Bryce Young be affected at all if Tua were to return? Not in terms of his commitment. No, he's done. He okay. is okay. locked in 100%. Uh, he's moving January 5th. It's over. Oh, okay. That's good news. Yeah, now, some of these, and some of these new coaches have called him too, by the way. I was, I was with him for one, and it was really interesting. But, uh, yeah, these, these schools have all tried to use that, especially some of these new coaches. So, uh, so are you going to the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game? I'm still TBD on that. I'm hoping to. Uh, I just got back to Florida today. Uh, so we're going to reset and kind of look at the, the state championship games in the state of Florida versus uh, that game. And then we'll kind of make a decision. But I'm, I'm itching to get back on the field. It's been a few weeks, and uh, I need to get back out there and, and kind of the Alabama-Mississippi game and week is, has been bread and butter for me for eight years. So uh, I would, if I had my pick just on the surface, I would absolutely be there. I want to see DeMoy Kennedy – I want to keep Christian's story, depending on where he's playing. I hadn't checked the notes from, from these first um, couple of days. But uh, I, I want to see these guys in action because I think, um, I think Team Alabama's got a lot, uh, a lot at stake. Oh, they do, and they've lost the last two in a row, and this is the first year in quite some time I won't be actually calling the game, um, but I'm hoping to watch it. But feel free to use this, John. I've been very proud of this line. Jimmy, Jimmy will oh, attest that that I'm very proud go. of this line. I want you to have it, go. and I want you oh. to keep it and use it as often as you can. Um, after seeing Christian Story play in the state championship game and win the MVP, obviously, after throwing for 250 yards, rushing for 100-plus, uh, getting an interception, to, an interception to steal the game, also having a fumble recovery, I said that the uh, wily and elusive quarterback for Lynette is the best Christian story since Jonah and the whale. You want, if you want to use that, feel free. <laughs> I knew it was going uh, in yeah. that direction. I, I, <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. My, Why not? My legal, Why not? My legal uh, advice is not to use it, but really, I'd we'll bet against advice. it, but I'll consider it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, nice. it's you know you you got to be careful where you work it in. If you're if you're in a really Baptist area, they may not fly. But you know us Methodists, we kind of dig it. Um, so <laughs> let's talk about some other guys out there. One name that's been floating around is Jace McClellan, the running back out of Texas, um, committed to Oklahoma. Uh, incredible player. I mean, top fifty player. I think I really like him a lot. Um, but it would be Alabama's third running back on and does Alabama want to take another running back in this class yeah I think once they took the the Edwards kid um I thought that was it at running back I thought that was the sign of you know hey Zach Evans thanks but no thanks uh we're good with with this guy and Roydell Williams um but but this stuff has been interesting and and first of all from the kid's perspective you understand it I mean Oklahoma hasn't exactly dedicated itself uh, to the running game. And he's, he's one of these guys built for this day and age. He can catch the football out of the backfield. He is elusive. He can make plays sort of on his own. Um, so you would understand the attraction on his end. But I think just numbers-wise with Alabama, I, I think there's still some, let's call it movement, on the current commitment list. I do think that there may be another spot or two that, you know, the untrained eye may not see. But – I just feel like there are bigger needs out there. Offensive line, Batman's got two commitments. When was the last time you saw Nick Saban sign less than, what, four 
five offensive linemen. It just seems like it never happens. Um, that's something that I would be extremely curious about. Um, I know wide receiver, there's a couple of big fish still out there, linebacker, pass rush, uh, in defensive back. So at some point when you start looking at the available slots and the guys they're looking at, you know, it kind of doesn't add up. And for me, despite McClellan's talent, I, I think with what Alabama has on its current commitment list, and those guys are as solid as can be as far as I know, I don't see why. Um, maybe it's a it's a New England Patriots, you know, hey, best available, go get them and figure it out. Maybe that's the new plan. But just numbers-wise and with the needs still out there, I don't see why. Maybe the plan changes. Maybe Nick Saban gets clarity on who's leaving, who's staying, things like that. I know that's that's been a bit of a wrinkle. Um, so maybe that affects it. But uh, just numbers-wise, I don't quite understand that element of it. But McClellan, just on his own, is absolutely a Bama type back in, in this offense. Jimmy, I'm going to let you ask the next question here in a second. Once uh, I let everybody know about Spotify wrapped, if you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify wrapped to show us your top locked on podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at locked on live. And uh, you can tweet us at locked on Bama or at LS Robinson 21 or at LJS law on Twitter. And we will share and retweet. Now, I should also put this caveat in there. We told people to do this Monday and people took a screenshot of the podcast as it was on their screen, which is what I thought <laughs> you were supposed to do. And I'm not sure a friend of mine who said, Luke, I don't think you told the people, right. There's it's like in Spotify, you have a list of things you're listening to and they're supposed to take a screenshot of that. I don't know what that is. So I wish I could tell people <laughs> more about this. I don't know what that is. I hope that if you're listening to this, you know what they're trying for me to tell you. I don't know what it is. Um, Are you guys going to put a commercial montage another. on YouTube at the end of the year or something? <laughs> oh, oh, we got a really good one coming up. You just wait, buddy. I got a whole live okay, read. That's bad, gonna, man. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, you wait. Uh, I mean, if you want to, if you want to feel really awkward with three guys on a on a conference call, you wait till Luke gets to read this one here coming up. But it's important, and we appreciate them, right, Jimmy? Of course, we uh, we endorse our all of our sponsors heartily. That's uh heartily. That's that's heartily. heartily. Yeah, I was going to say yes. you said heartily, right? Even the even the ones when Luke feel, especially the ones that make <laughs> Luke feel very awkward doing the live read, and I greatly look forward to uh, not only the upcoming live read, but the segue into it. But uh, <laughs> back to the uh, recruiting class, John, if you, uh, obviously everyone loves talking about Bryce Young. It's, 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 my, it's my favorite subject other than beer. Uh, what kid in this class, uh, in this expected class, the kid signing next week, what kid hardly ever does get talked about, but you, in your opinion, you feel wow, nobody's talking about this kid, but he's actually really good. Uh, Alabama fans will be uh, real excited to see what they got in this guy, even though his, uh, his his rankings and his buzz aren't quite what some of the others are. Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, I'll, probably, I'll probably give you two. Um, I mentioned offensive line. I think Seth McLaughlin coming out of Buford, not a sexy name, not a sexy position. He's probably a guard center, but – you get with, with just how he is and how he plays, you get the vibes of a couple of other centers that 
at the same stage, we were never talking about Bradley Bozeman and Ryan Kelly. Um, you know, Ryan Kelly's Ohio kid, Ohio State never really pushes. Bama, you know, theoretically limps into a very, very good all-SEC type of center. And Bradley Bozeman, big grunt in state, but injured as a senior. You know, will Bama still take him? They end up taking him, uh, and he ends up as, what, two-time all-SEC, I believe. So um, there, there's some similarities with McLaughlin. I think he's a little more athletic than Bozeman, but he has some of that – kind of classic grunt in him. Um, and the kid is a, a diehard Alabama guy at this point. Uh, and I think with a year or two um, could end up as one of those centers that, you know, we weren't talking about in high school, but you know, you look up and he started two or three years anchoring, you know, a great offensive line. So I think he's one who's a little bit undervalued. And I think one who is, is highly thought of, but even still we, we kind of, don't talk about him enough is Drew Sanders out of Texas, um, you know, and, and putting together this SI all American class, uh, I'll, I'll give it away. He didn't make it, but he was the hardest guy to keep off of it because he does so many things. Well, he could be a great defensive end. He could be a great inside backer. He could be a stand up Anthony Jennings, Jack type of linebacker. He could be a tight end. And he could be a top two tight end on the roster next year if he bought into that. So I just think the flexibility in this day and age, the versatility is such an asset. And I think that's why you take him and you take Christian Story. You figure it out once they're in Tuscaloosa. Um, But Drew Sanders, in terms of height, weight, speed, overall athleticism, and that football acumen that allows him to do that in the state of Texas is absolutely fascinating. The kid is a really good running back for goodness sakes. So I'm not sure if he's an inside backer or a stand-up guy or, or whatever they're, they want to do with him, because this linebacker class is really, really good uh, with Des Moines Kennedy and Quandarius Robinson and Jackson Bratton. It's, it's probably the best linebacker class in the country. But that guy, no matter where he lines up, I think we're still not talking about him enough, because I think he could be, at the end of the day, after Bryce Young, he could be, you know, the most successful guy in this class if, if, if the stars align. You know, one, one Let me ask you about two guys. Go ahead, Luke. Go ahead, Luke. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask. I was going to ask you about two guys that played in the seven A state title game. Uh, Javion Cohen, who it looks like. I mean, we we talked about him last time. It looks like for all the world, he's about to flip, and it's just the world's worst kept secret. Um, <laughs> and also a guy that's not on Alabama's radar. That's apparently not on anybody's radar. That I cannot understand because I think he's good is Sawyer Pate, the quarterback at Thompson. And I know this is an Alabama podcast, but I'm a high school football guy too, and I feel like that guy deserves more recognition. I'm with you on Pate. Uh, He's a gamer. He's a winner. And all he did was, you know, take Thompson further than Talia Tungavailoa did in his record-setting senior year. Um, Yeah, that kid absolutely deserves something. I don't know what the best route for him will be, uh, but he's not small. He's got a good arm. Uh, and he's crafty. And there's something to be said about quarterbacks who understand spread concepts. And Mark Freeman puts a lot of pressure on his quarterback. You, you know that very well. You know, you can't run a, a Mark Freeman offense if you don't know what you're doing pre-snap, post-snap, et cetera. Um, and he's done it, you know, really for the better part of two years. Um, and, and Thompson was kind of this team nobody talked about until they won state, which is crazy to think about. But – they just didn't have the names and the recruits that, that maybe we'd seen in years prior. 
So that's that's certainly something to consider. And, and Sawyer paid. I don't know if, if he should go JUCO and try to command an offense at that level and then have three years left. I'm not sure what you know the timing will allow him to do, but um, I would suggest if he was listening for him not to sign in this early period and see if the combination of the coaching carousel and his his late breaking video could get him uh, a couple of extra looks. Uh, and then Javian Cohen, man, this is uh, the wire to wire top offensive tackle in the state of Alabama. Loved him two years ago as sort of a 250-pound athletic, long-armed move offensive lineman, we like to call him. Um, But now he's closer to 300 pounds, and he's still moving like he's 250. Still certainly raw in his technique, but really athletic, extremely long. And there is an edge he plays with that you want every offensive lineman to have. And, And when you do that anchoring, really the, the best team in 7A for two, three years, uh, that offensive line, uh, there's something to be said for it. And even though they lost to Thompson, Javian Cohen might have had the best game out of anybody on the field. He was that dominant. Uh, we didn't get a, a whole lot of him versus uh, Jeremiah Alexander, who's, who's one of the top underclassmen in the state, but everybody else who lined up against Cohen felt it. And uh, I think we, we talk about the needs Alabama has on the offensive line, and like you said, maybe a, a terribly kept secret. He's becoming a must-grab for Alabama, in my opinion. There is not a true tackle on this commitment list, and it's pretty safe to assume that both of these starting tackles in this class uh, for Alabama are probably departing for the NFL. So I think you, you can never have too many tackles. Uh, there's a lot of upperclassmen who haven't quite played a lot for Alabama, so you don't know what they're going to do. So getting a guy like Javon Cohen, I think, is absolutely essential. And it's really rare for a guy to go wire to wire uh, two years as the top offensive tackle, especially when his body changes so much. But I think that's how good uh, Javon Cohen is. You know, uh, I'm going to talk about McKinley Jackson from uh, from Loosedale, Mississippi, George County High School. One thing that's sort of uh, – uh, I'm sure it's the timing of when a kid makes his decision. As we know, McKinley's actually going to be a late signer. He's signing in the traditional signing day in February and not signing early. But even though McKinley is probably – uh, ranked where he should be nationally, I think somewhere off the top of my head, somewhere around 125, uh, you know, in, in, in the composite, uh, you know, that's probably where he should be ranked. Yet some kids feel like they're rec- they, they have top 50 recruitments, meaning that McKinley's recruitment, he feels like a top 50 kid with Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M, basically the entire SEC West, uh, fighting over this kid, uh, and and he, his recruitment feels like we're really talking about a top fifty kid and not a uh, a top one twenty five kid. Although when you are ranked one twenty five, you're one heck of a prospect. But uh, does it feel that way to you that maybe McKinley, while not being under ranked, there's just a lot of buzz about that kid all the time. And it seems like it goes back and forth, right? Like one day. Alabama feels really good, you think, and then Auburn feels really good, and then, oh, don't forget the in-state schools, and then here's LSU, number one. You know, It kind of goes back and forth, and it reminds me of a guy last year who was a top 50 guy who experienced that recruitment all the way through. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ishmael Sopcher, who's, of course, at Alabama. His game, his trajectory, the buzz, all felt like that. I think with Sopcher, the end of his junior year was his peak in terms of us in the industry 
tracking his game. I think that's when we thought he was at his best, and it's like, man, this guy's a five-star candidate for sure. And then McKinley Jackson, same thing. Earlier in his development, we would see this like, oh, man, look at this kid. He's going to be one of those kind of D-linemen. So I think that early buzz hurt Jackson because you expect kind of more and more every time you see him. And even though he hasn't regressed, you almost want a little bit more there selfishly. But his recruitment has reflected as if more has been there. Um, so I actually think him and, and Ishmael Shopshire's, you know, timeline kind of line up. Uh, it doesn't mean McKinley's going to Alabama like Ishmael did, but there was a lot of unknown with him until he signed. And I think that, you know, illustrates just how coveted he is and, and how back and forth it is. I mean, every school, depending on the day, seems like they're the school to beat uh, for that kid. And I think – that's how it was with Sopshire. So I would, I would, I would caution a projection with Jackson, but I do think, um, in terms of uncommitted defensive lineman not named Jordan Birch, I think he's probably, you know, the most coveted guy in the country, which obviously points to the SEC and points to down south, and and that's why it's going to be pretty much a war to grab him. There's not a lot of great D linemen available, so I think that enhances this this the last few weeks here. Um, for McKinley Jackson, and it's going to be a fun race and one that I'm not even close to to predicting a winner on. All right, guys, I'm just going to let you know right now, this is happening, and (laughs) I'm I'm reading this, so everybody bear with me. This episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, let's talk about sex, good sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to a doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And best of all, there's no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code, and it still says code, (laughs) just pay five dollars shipping that's blue com promo code code <laughs> that can't be right wow to try it free uh blue chew is the better cheaper faster faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast and we do thank them but we that do can't thank be them the code. And i can't believe you do a live read of that product and the most amazing thing about it is promo code code that's the most amazing thing about that? Yet it is. It's still the most amazing thing about the whole live read. And, uh, yes, everyone, we encourage everyone to use that product, even you gals. Well, here's the thing. That is sort of like my dad's computer password is password. You know what I mean? <laughs> that can't be right. Like, people still can't be doing that. Although I will say, and this is 100% true, when my parents first got Wi-Fi, uh, and it literally was just a couple of years ago, everybody else had it forever, and they just got it, and they were so excited, they didn't really know how to use it, and so I come in and I said, "Well, good, I want to hook up to your Wi-Fi. What's your password?" And Mom said, "Oh, let me look," and she found it, and she said, "Yeah, 
Um, you know, I tried to do something not easily hackable. I was like, yeah, because there's no telling how much hacking would be going on with this Wi-Fi password. Her password was the number one 27 times. Not 28 times. Not 26 times. 27 times. Because 28 would be too much. Yeah, 28 is too much, and 26 is just way too compromising. So 27 times. And so what really would piss you off, if you've ever dealt with your iPhone, you know, and you hit one, occasionally you're going to hit two by accident, or you're going to, you know, you lose count. I mean, it was just a real big pain in the ass. But anyway, so there's that. Uh, Jimmy, I'll let you ask the next question. All right. Uh, Defensive back. Uh, I'll be be honest. Uh, Sometimes I can be not necessarily critical. I guess I'm just picking nits. But I'm not knocked out by the corners that are committed. And and while that I'm not saying, you know, I've probably said that before about some kid who ended up being a first-round pick. Uh, but I would just say Malachi Moore and uh, Jacquez Robinson. Uh, maybe it's because we're coming off a year where I was extremely high on uh, Marcus Brooks, Scooby Carter, uh, even Brandon Turnage, who, who redshirted. Maybe it's because I was really excited about those guys uh, in the class before. But uh, what are your thoughts, John, on the corners, Malachi Moore and Jacquez Robinson? Yeah, two guys I, I know really well. Uh seen them each for, for a couple of years now. Um, yeah, I understand what you're saying. There's there's not that, okay, this guy's playing tomorrow kind of feel with those guys, and that's okay. Uh, more, I think, there's there's always going to be the question with him, kind of like Shaheen Carter, um, Jared Maiden, is he a corner or a safety? I think he can be either. Um, but but the sooner he figures that out in Tuscaloosa, the better for him and for Alabama. He has corner skills. He's a polished kid. He understands leverage. He can run. He can absolutely play the ball and play physical. But he also, you know, how well does he run? How how great are his hips? Things like that are, are going to be questions, especially, you know, in the SEC with, I mean, gosh, LSU, right? You know, I mean, you, you think of – when you think of projecting a kid, you, you think of the best, and, and recruiters do this, you think of the best guy in the conference. So if you're, if you're an Alabama offensive line coach, you're like, okay, who's going to block Marlon Davidson and, and who's going to block uh, Brown? And who's going to block Chase on an LSU? That's what you think, right? Who, who's the recruit who could maybe do that next year? And I think with more, if you say, okay, who's going to cover Jamar Chase? Like that's not the first guy who, who would probably – pop into your mind um so i think he's good at the line of scrimmage i think that's where he's he's better suited more more as a zone corner but we know nick saban doesn't like to play a lot of zone especially at corner so i I think that question is going to get into his collegiate career which we thought would be answered by now but i think uh, we're still going to be asking that once once he's in t-town for good and then robinson a little bit of the opposite he is to himself, cornerback through and through, his his polish is there. Um, he has good hips, and he has very good ball skills and awareness, but could be over-aggressive at times, and he lives at the line of scrimmage. So there's not a whole lot of samples of, of off-man coverage, which we know Bama likes to do. Um, so while he is, is probably more suited to play the corner position than more, at least right now, there's not a lot of advanced technique and samples of his game there so again when you're talking about playing day one 
that's probably not where you want, where you want to start. You, you want to start with, oh, yeah, we know he can do X, Y, Z, 100%. Everything else we'll see. That, that foundation isn't quite there with Robinson. He wants to press you and mug you and mess with you at the line of scrimmage and make aggressive plays on the football sometimes too aggressive. And that's kind of where he's lived for the last couple of years. Um, and he's a big kid. He's a long kid, just like Malachi. Um, so, so you have that, that classic Bama height, weight, you know, look at corner. But I think with both guys, there's still a lot of important questions uh, to ask there. So I'm with you. I'm with you. It's not compared to what Alabama's brought in in the past, especially the last couple of years, as you mentioned. Um, last year's group had some really good players. I mean, heck, Jordan Battle in the, in the secondary is, is going to be an absolute star. Uh, he, he's a force to be reckoned with. And then the year prior, of course, Sertain, Josh Job, who may start, you know, this coming year, et cetera. So, so it does feel different um, in that light. So I absolutely understand where you're coming from. And, and I think that's why they're looking Juco, right? They're looking at the Juco cornerback. Uh, that's something that has popped up uh, really consistently. They were thinking about Nadab Joseph at one point, who was a Bama commit, who has since gone Juco. And I think that's part of it. Um, there's there's going to be some transition in the secondary, and they're going to need somebody in this class to be sort of ready sooner rather than later. And I don't know if they have that guy right now. All right, John, we're about to wrap up here. Uh, appreciate your being with us. Why don't you tell everybody how they can find you and, and where you are now with Sports Illustrated? Yeah, SI.com, uh, obviously. Uh, just a ton of sports coverage all day, every day. Uh, and then our group, SI All-American, um, we're going to have a lot more details on that uh, in the next few days. Uh, we're going to try to start a podcast, a lot of video. There's there's a lot coming uh, between Bryce and myself, including breaking down Bryce Young with Bryce Young. That was, was a lot of fun to kind of get into the X's and O's, and you could really sort of see some of the stuff we were talking about uh, with his mental ability. Uh, so a lot of coverage upcoming on SI, uh, and then eventually uh, a, a separate dedicated website all for recruiting branching off of SI. That's TBD, but it'll be up uh, before signing day. So we're really excited about it. Do you get to go to the swimsuit issue shoot? No, but we saw some of them there yesterday. And get Okay, so get this. They work, that department, and this is really just my ignorance. It's not like, it's not anything else. So they work year round on this swimsuit what? issue. Um, yeah, they work year round on it, even though it's one issue. And they, I mean, you, if you go to their part of the SI building and then you go to the, the sports part of the SI building, you couldn't tell the difference. These people are are getting after it. Uh, it is absolutely fascinating. They work really, really hard. And I think they're about to go to some exotic country and do a whole other round of shoots and videos and stuff like that. So I do know that the new ownership at SI um, is, in, is a big fan, let's just say, of the swimsuit issues. And I think you'll see more coverage coming up. That, that's funny. gotta be like, like the best selling. It's gotta be like the best selling edition, not just of Sports Illustrated all year long. I wonder if it's like the highest selling edition of any periodical in America. Might be. It might be. I it might be. Know. They they I value it. They value it that way. They they absolutely yeah. value it that way. They're they're the rock stars of that side, no doubt. Hey, I'm a fan. Well, I grab my blue shoes and go to town. 
<laughs> what what would be funny <laughs> is if the new ownership came in and they were like, okay, guys, we're revamping Sports Illustrated. And the first thing we're getting rid of is this old crazy bikini issue or whatever. We're scratching that completely. I mean, you want to talk about somebody who would ruin a magazine in about 10 seconds. I mean, that is the thing, man. you got to have it, the bikini issue and then the recruiting and then all the rest is gravy to me, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, there, there was zero chance of this group doing that. Um, so, yes, I, I can confirm that that side of the business is absolutely safe. <laughs> Excellent. That's good to know. Well, I'm, buying awesome. some, I'm buying some Sports Illustrated stock as we speak. Um, <laughs> all right, John, man, thank you so much. You're the absolute best, and uh, you got a great gig, and we, we are happy for you, and we will be in touch with you soon, man. Best of luck on your new podcast. You still going to do Crimson and Blue Chips? Yeah, I think we're we're still going to run that uh, in the near future. It could, it could expand. It could be cut back. I'm not sure. Uh, that's why it's been a little inconsistent. But um, I have no no orders to shut that thing down as I once did. So I'm excited about it. All right, buddy. Thank awesome. you so much for being with us today, man. Thanks, John. Appreciate you guys. Roll. Enjoy. Roll tide, All right, everybody. everybody. Roll tide. All right, Jimmy. I guess we can say roll tide again. Yep. John left, so say it again. Roll Tide. <laughs> Roll Tide, everybody.